Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. It's been a while since we do this, but I'm going to talk in substantial degree about everything surrounding Twitter and Elon Musk's bid for the company at $54.20 a share. It's even possible that we are going to see some news breaking as I am talking over the next uh, few minutes. Encourage you, by the way, to go listen to the Clay and Buck show today. We had great guests, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson and Coulter, Alex Berenson, who is banned from Twitter. Okay, a lot of people out there, when the morning began, with the news coming out of Elon Musk offering $54.20 a share, immediately said, okay, what happens now with Elon Musk's pursuit of Twitter? Why does it matter? Where do we go from here? What is the significance of the battle that we are currently engaged in? I've spent all day tracking, chasing, paying attention to this. And certainly this is something for those of you who listen or watch regularly, know that I've been talking about for a long time because Twitter has become the default modern day town square. It is the digital marketplace for ideas. And over the past several years, I also agree with Elon Musk in that I am a First Amendment absolutist. Some of you maybe initially became aware of me in the first place because I went on CNN and said I only believe in two things absolutely, the First Amendment and boobs, and they banned me from ever appearing on CNN again. It was the number one trending story all over the country for that day. And the reason why I say it is because I am an old school liberal in that context. I believe that the only way, the only way that we can do uh, this situation in a modern era is by allowing real battles to take place and a real marketplace of ideas, robust public discourse has to be allowed on social media. And what I have seen increasingly taking place over the past several years is you are seeing Twitter deciding to not allow people who have right-leaning beliefs to be allowed to have discourse on the platform. And that is unfortunate because, first of all, Twitter already is a left-wing platform. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way. And I can have a real interesting discussion with you about why I think that's actually been bad for Democrats, and I'll discuss that in a moment. But just a few minutes ago, Senator Tommy Tuberville shared the data that Twitter users overall are Democrats plus 15. That means that if Twitter were a state, it would tie Hawaii and Vermont as the two most liberal states. And the 10% of Twitter users, and I'm reading from Senator Tommy Tuberville's account, Alabama, The 10% of Twitter users who post 92% of all tweets are Democrat plus 43, which would make Twitter 
America's second most liberal House district. Okay, what is the impact of that? Well, Twitter certainly, with the Blue Check Brigade, leans not just left, far left to a degree that almost no American congressional district represents. And as a result of that far left bent, it's not a coincidence that Twitter has been systematically removing right-leaning, libertarian, uh, non-left-wing accounts on a regular basis. Donald Trump, the Babylon Bee. There's a long list of Twitter accounts that I can point you to that have been suspended or, uh, or kicked off the platform. I think the result, by the way, is disastrous for the Democratic Party because Democrats have allowed themselves to believe that Twitter is the real world. And the reason, I really believe this, the reason why the Democratic Party has actually gone so far to the left wing is because they're terrified of being criticized by the blue check left wing loser brigade on Twitter, and they think that's the real world. And they don't recognize that the data I just shared you, Twitter isn't the real world. It's a carnival funhouse mirror reflection. And if you constantly tried to adjust your behavior as it pertained to what you ate based on a carnival funhouse mirror that made you look fatter or skinnier than you actually were, at some point you would end up in a disastrous position. And I don't think it's coincidental that that is where the Democrat Party finds itself right now. But I am committed 1 billion percent to the idea that Elon Musk is putting forth, which is Twitter, in order to have the full fruition of its potential, needs to be a private company. Because otherwise, it has been taken over by woke, agenda-driven, blue checkmark brigade members. And Twitter, as a public company, is so terrified of what they might do that they bend to their will. And it's also interesting, I'm going to share some tweets with you, it's also fascinating and interesting to me that so many people out there who claim to support uh, uh, Twitter are convinced that Elon Musk is, go figure, actually Adolf Hitler. In fact, let me read you some of the criticisms that are out there today uh, and talk about the progression of the day so far. Um, And... This guy, Jeff Jarvis, tweeted, Today on Twitter feels like the last evening in a Berlin nightclub at the twilight of Weimar, Germany. This, of course, for those of you who are history nerds, is a reference to the rise of Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany. He is equating, this Jeff Jarvis character, is equating Elon Musk with Adolf Hitler and with a Musk-run Twitter as Nazi Germany. Because as everyone knows, the thing that the Nazis were most in favor of was unfettered free speech and everyone being able to have an equal voice. That was what the Nazis were known for. Left-wingers have basically allowed, partly as a result of Twitter, their entire discourse to mostly boil down to arguing that people they disagree with are Adolf Hitler. So that argument is actually out there right now. And all of these left-wing blue checkmark brigade Twitter users are right now, as we speak, realizing that the market actually swings in multiple directions. Because for years, I have been told, if you don't like it, Twitter's a private company, leave. 
That's what the blue checkmark brigade, far left wingers who drive Twitter, have been yelling at people like me who have just argued, hey, can we have content neutral policies? If you are going to ban the president of the United States, democratically elected sitting president Donald Trump from Twitter, maybe, maybe ban the Ayatollah of Iran. Maybe, just possibly, don't allow the Taliban to speak. Maybe don't allow China to spread propaganda about the Uyghur population. Maybe hold everyone accountable to the same standards. And by the way, I'm not in favor of banning those people either because I would rather see what the Ayatollah of Iran is tweeting. I would rather know what my enemies are saying publicly than not. I would rather... Uh, have an error of too much information than trying to decide whether or not to allow people to speak. This is why, by and large, I agree with Elon Musk when he was talking about Russia and censorship of Russia. I disagree with their invasion of Ukraine, but I would rather know what Russia is saying than not, right? So my standards for speech on Twitter would be content neutral, and I would apply them evenly. Now, some people say, oh, well, the First Amendment doesn't apply because Twitter's a private company. I understand that argument. I understand that argument, but first of all, you don't have a great knowledge of the First Amendment if you are arguing this because there is and have been long exceptions as it pertains to First Amendment jurisprudence. For instance, in a company town, which is owned by a company, My grandfather used to work almost in one of these places at DuPont where the company builds all the housing for employees. The company was not allowed to ban the town square distribution of political ideas even if they own the town square because that was uh, considered to be a restriction on the First Amendment. So I think there is an argument that Twitter has become a digital town square. Legally, I really do believe that. Furthermore, I also continue to focus on the difference between a platform and a publisher. Twitter is regularly, through the use of its algorithms, making decisions like a publisher would make decisions. Let me give you an example. I run OutKick. On any given day, I am involved in the stories that we choose. Not every single one. But I am involved in the selection of stories that our writers write about on a day-to-day basis at OutKick. I am a publisher, okay? I am making a choice every single day what sort of stories we can write at OutKick, and so are my writers. We are making that choice. If you disagree with those choices, you can share your opinions. You can choose not to read the site. But I'm not pretending, hey, the stories that go up on OutKick are totally platform-based. No, because I'm making a calculated decision. There are tons of stories every day. I am curating stories that I think matter to my audience and sharing them, okay? That's what OutKick's job is. That's almost what every publisher's job is. Twitter is arguing, oh, no, 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 we're a platform. But you're not a platform because you are allowing algorithms, which is, this is significant, are designed by humans to dictate what people see on your platform. And you are consistently favoring left-wing platform stories and you are editorializing in their favor in the process. You ever notice when you look at what's trending on Twitter that there's often a paragraph explaining what's trending on Twitter? Who's writing that? 
Who's made the choice that this particular story is going to trend? That's an editorial choice. So Twitter is not a content-neutral platform. If they were, and I think they would be more likely to be that if Elon Musk were in charge, if they were, my criticisms would be far more muted. But they are not. They are a publisher making choices as to what is seen. And make no mistake what's going on right now. Elon Musk is offering a premium. He's offering $54.20 a share. Right now, as we speak, Twitter, as the, as the stock market is approaching a close for the day, Twitter is down $0.73. Cents. It's sitting at $45.12. That's what I'm seeing right now on my tracker. I have been a Twitter shareholder for a long time. I would vote beyond a shadow of a doubt to support Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter for $54.20 a share. That is nearly a $10 premium over whether the, where the stock is trading right now. That's a lot of money that I would theoretically make by selling this uh, stake to Elon Musk. So let me ask you this question, because I do think it's a significant one. If Twitter isn't taking a substantial premium offer, which most shareholders, I believe, would support, then what they are making a decision is they would rather maintain ownership and control over Twitter for the influence it brings to bear than take a guaranteed offer right now. Now, Twitter will probably argue when they come out and reject, this is what I anticipate happening, when they come out and reject Elon Musk's offer, that he has undervalued the company. And the way that they are likely to do that is by pointing out, which is fair, that Twitter has traded higher in the past year. It got as high as $73 a share. Musk says $54 is his final offer. We don't know whether or not that is true, but as he increases that offer, what would happen if he went to $74 a share? That would be a higher price than Twitter has traded for this year, a substantial premium over where it has been. What would happen then to the overall story? And by the way, that would nearly be the all-time high that Twitter had ever achieved. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Make no mistake about what's going on right now. There are forces aligning to try to keep Twitter from being purchased by Elon Musk because the left-wing checkmark brigade and their allies desperately fears an actual First Amendment being applied on Twitter's streets. They do not want for there to be a real marketplace of ideas. They don't want a real debate. This is significant because Twitter influences social policy in a massive way. Twitter banning the New York Post story about Hunter Biden might well have changed the outcome of the election. Only 20,000 people needed to change their votes in order for Donald Trump to have been elected in 2020 based on the numbers that are out there right now. That is virtually nothing in the grand scheme of things. 
if you look at stories surrounding COVID, I don't believe we would have had as draconian of lockdowns if Twitter had allowed a full debate to surround closing schools, to surround masks, to, uh, to surround masks on planes, essential and non-essential businesses. When the marketplace of ideas breaks, and it often does on Twitter, because mobs of people reach often and almost always a far left-wing consensus, and then they radically attack anyone who isn't representative of that far left-wing consensus, which is how anyone who argued, hey, you know what? Let's share the data, which reflects that COVID is almost exclusively on a per capita basis and on a percentage basis impacting people over the age of 65 and people who are wildly unhealthy. And so it doesn't make sense to shut down the entire economy. You are a grandma killer. Twitter forces artificial consensus and then it makes people who are stepping outside of the lines of that artificial consensus into pariahs, which stifles debate and leads to worst social policy outcomes. And I want you to just think about this for a minute. What is likely to happen right now is the Twitter board is desperately seeking a second bidder, someone to come in who will offer more than Elon Musk so they can agree to sell it to someone else. By the way, Elon Musk, all cash offer. If they don't get that, what they are going to do is argue that Elon Musk has undervalued the company and that they are not going to sell it to him, I believe. So then what happens? What is plan B? Can Elon Musk engage in a real proxy battle, effectively going after shareholders and arguing, you need to accept the offer that I have put forward because it is a better option for the company? Well, What's wild about this is there is uh, a big owner in Saudi Arabia who has a substantial percentage share stake who has come out and said, no, I don't support the move of Elon Musk. Saudi Prince Al-Walid bin Talal Al-Saud, whose name I probably just massacred there, uh, is one of Twitter's largest shareholders. He's rejected Elon Musk's bid. Why? I've been told, makes some sense, Elon Musk isn't that popular in Saudi Arabia because he's creating electric cars, which undercut the overall value of Saudi oil. Interestingly, the blue check brigade members who are arguing that Elon Musk is a Nazi are potentially going to be saved by a Saudi Arabian autocrat, billionaire, who is arguing against selling Twitter to Elon Musk based partly on his embrace of oil and certainly the authoritarians in Saudi Arabia are no allies of the left wing in this country. They won't even have a phone conversation with Joe Biden over the production of oil and gas in their country. Now, they have rights as shareholders to make the choices that they believe are best for them. But as Mark Anderson tweeted, imagine the threat to freedom and democracy if people can just say what they think. Why are so many people blue check brigade left-wing members on Twitter terrified of more free speech, of more people being able to argue what they really believe. So what happens? If I am correct and Twitter rejects the offer of Elon Musk, and if there is not a second bidder, which seems unlikely at this point based on the way the stock is reacting, there is not a surge in price, which often happens 
when someone believes that we might get into a bidding war. Where is this going to go? Where are we headed? Well, the question becomes, can Elon Musk get to 50% plus one to take control of this company? Or is there a rig game in place where people throw everything they can at Elon Musk to try to keep him from being able to overtake Twitter? Uh, Elon Musk tweeted about 20 minutes ago, will endeavor to keep as many shareholders in privatized Twitter as allowed by law. Well, I would enjoy continuing to have shares of Twitter. I would be willing to stay in that perspective. Elon Musk spoke uh, at a TED conference in Vancouver recently. He, uh, he said a couple of things. Uh, he's responded to this Saudi Arabian uh, shareholder who has come out against, uh, against Twitter. He said, interesting, just two questions, if I may. How much of Twitter does the kingdom own, directly and indirectly? What are the kingdom's views on journalistic freedom of speech? Now, I'm going to retweet in real time. Uh, uh, Elon Musk fires back at Saudi Arabia. Um, which is an interesting question here. The blue check brigade is on the side of a Saudi dictator, potentially, who effectively may well have killed a journalist, just to put that out perspective-wise. And this is going to be a really intriguing battle to watch uh, fall out. And Elon Musk has now penned that to the top of his page, by the way, that response, uh, which just came up about 15 minutes ago. Uh, So, what is plan B? How effective can it be? How much more is Elon Musk willing to put on the table if necessary to buy Twitter? What would a proxy battle look like? Where will the big shareholders, many of whom are index funds and or hedge funds and or equity funds in general, where will they vote? They have large stakes in this company. Usually, those guys go ahead and take the money. It's an all-cash offer. They're going to get a 20% premium roughly over where the stock is trading right now. Given that the S&P is down 7 or 8% so far this year, that 20% jolt can be a pretty substantial return relative to prices right now. But what I want you to think about here is Elon Musk, and I am on the side of Elon Musk buying Twitter, no, making no shakes about it. Elon Musk has come down on the side of robust, uninhibited speech, on the side of actual debate being allowed on Twitter, on the side of content-neutral policies, on the side of all algorithms being public so you can see what rig game Twitter is putting in place. And the left-wing blue check brigade has fought against all of this. They are terrified of free speech actually existing on the platform of content-neutral policies being applied. Why is that? Because they know right now Twitter is rigged in their favor. And for all of the people out there fighting to keep Elon Musk from ending up in control of Twitter, some of them are even arguing it's dangerous now to have someone as wealthy as Elon Musk having a substantial stake in the company. The Washington Post even published in the last several days, 
Musk's, this is before Musk pulled back from the Twitter board, Musk's appointment to Twitter's board shows we need regulation of social media platforms to prevent rich people from controlling our channels of communication. Do you know who owns the Washington Post? Jeff Bezos, one of the richest people in the world. In fact, most of our big media companies and methods of communication are owned by super rich people. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. John Henry owns the Boston Globe. Sheldon Adelson bought the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Lauren Powell Jobs, who is Steve Jobs' daughter, bought the Atlantic. Uh, Patrick Soon Chong, billionaire, bought the LA Times. Mark Benoff bought Time Magazine. All of those people are billionaires who have bought media companies. I know this is going to shock you, but most people who own large media companies are really wealthy billionaires. So why is it that all of these people are owning big media companies and no one even blinks and Elon Musk decides to do the same and people absolutely lose their minds? A uh, couple of funny tweets that were out there. I want to close here with a couple of funny questions uh, and funny points. Tom Brady said, if you buy Twitter, can you delete the combine photo at Elon Musk? Well played by Tom Brady. Uh, also, uh, Frank Fleming tweeted, Elon Musk has also offered to buy CNN Plus for $28. I mean, that's good. CNN Plus, by the way, disaster. David Sachs uh, tweeted, I'm not playing the back and forth game. I've moved straight to the end. Baller. That is in reference to Elon Musk's offer that is out there right now on this uh, Twitter battle. Again, I am a Twitter shareholder. I am a longtime Twitter shareholder. And I am 100% in favor of this company being acquired by Elon Musk. Uh, So this is a battle for the ages. I think it's the most significant battle over First Amendment principles, First Amendment principles that exist right now. And let me explain what I mean by First Amendment principles. China censors the internet and decides what people are able to see. The government directly interferes with what Chinese citizens are able to see on their internet. I think most Americans would agree that's wrong. What we have effectively done, that's the Great Wall of China, by the way, uh, internet version. They restrict what sites you can go to, what people can say, uh, what can be seen and discussed on uh, Chinese internet. The government does. What we have done in a default basis is allow big tech companies in the United States to effectively do what the Chinese government does. Google, Twitter, Facebook, All of these companies are creating distinctions about what you can and cannot see. The difference is the government is encouraging, certainly the Biden administration, which has said from the White House, hey, here are lists of things that we disagree with that we believe should be censored. The government is having big tech companies do the bidding of the government that the government could not directly do itself. And so I'll leave you with this question. How much heat is Elon Musk going to suddenly find himself under 
from the Department of Justice and from the SEC over his attempted purchase of Twitter because it shakes to the core the Democratic Party's in-kind contributions effectively that they are getting from big tech. Let me make this clear. I do not believe Joe Biden would have been elected president of the United States in 2020 if Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of the big social media tech companies, Google as well, if they had content-neutral policies which treated right and left-wing ideas the same. They know that those algorithms are putting a, a finger on the scale in a massive way and rigging everything in their direction. And in elections that are as close as ours are right now, again, 20,000 people changed their mind, Donald Trump's president. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, decided by a total of 40,000 votes, even based on the numbers that are out there right now. 20,000 people in those three states changed their mind. Donald Trump is president of the United States. For those of you who are electoral college nerds, would have ended in a 269-269 tie. House of Representatives would have selected Donald Trump to break the tie as the president of the United States. 20,000 people. One NBA arena, one NHL arena, in a country of 330 million some odd people, 20,000 people changed their mind. Do you think 20,000 people in those states might have changed their mind if we had an honest, without rigging social media? I really do. I really do believe that. Fighting for content-neutral policies, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or Independent, is what everyone who actually cares about democracy in America should support. Not people who claim to care about democracy in America, so long as it actually favors them. Remember, we're not talking about Donald uh, about Elon Musk rigging the game on social media for right-wingers or conservative or libertarian people. We're just saying, hey, Take the fingers off the scale, make the algorithm public, treat everybody the same. That's all I'm asking for. All I'm asking for is for big tech to treat all opinions evenly, content neutral. Let's have a real marketplace of ideas. Props to Elon Musk. One more click on refresh to see whether or not he has said anything else. I am rooting for him. I've never met Elon Musk, by the way. Have no relationship with him in any way. Uh, and this is going to turn into, I really do believe, the battle for the ages over First Amendment in a social media age in this country and around the world. I am always going to be for two things, the First Amendment and boobs, till I die. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I am Clay Travis. If you enjoyed this discussion, follow me uh, on YouTube. You can click the like button. You can also follow me on Twitter while you still can, uh, at Clay Travis. Find me on Facebook there as well. And I'd encourage you to listen to the Clay and Buck Show, which I believe is the smartest daily show you can find anywhere in media. We're on from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to 12 on the West Coast. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. If you're wondering what DBAP and SBAP means, general life goal, don't be a pussy. Sometimes. Be a pussy, however. Explanation? Somebody might say, hey, I'll give you 100 bucks to swim across this crocodile-infested river. And if they call you a pussy, response is a good one. Sometimes be a pussy. It ain't worth 100 bucks to risk everything against the crocodiles. Get it done, Elon. I'm Clay Travis, and this has been Outkick the Show.